0: So the other day I was surfing Facebook and one of my buddies and a mentor of mine had this post on his Facebook and what it said was this. He reminded me of a simple and unfortunate reality. Since this past Tuesday, each and every day is getting shorter and shorter. And what that means is this. It means that um, the Christmas season is, very quickly approaching. <laughs> and that means that if you haven't started your snowblower and checked all the fuel and oil, made sure you have the, the tires inflated and everything, now's the time to do it before that snow hits. And uh, get, getting ready, right? I don't know about you, but I was just literally out in my garage and I sn- saw my snowblower sitting there. And I about cried. Because <laughs> um, I hate that white stuff. But then I started to think about that, and it's, it's also the reality of, as Christmas approaches and all that stuff, uh, some of the great Christmas movies. One of them that Court and I love to watch is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Anybody? Right? Come on. And so many of us probably know Clark. He's a good friend of mine. Um, he doesn't know it, but I do. And Clark and I, we're, we're good buddies, because Clark has this mentality that he wants to have the best... Christmas uh, lights on the block. Right? I mean, he spends hour after hour, day after day, slaving over putting these lights all over his house. And we're talking like, he takes this very seriously. Like, Extension cord plugged into extension cord plugged into surge protector plugged into a bigger surge protector plugged into more extension cords. I mean, his whole entire roof is filled. His whole entire yard is filled. Everything is covered in lights. And then there's that moment, if you watch the show, where he's doing his little song and then he plugs them in and nothing happens. I've also felt that. But unlike Clark, I don't go looking for a solution. I'm just like, great, I'm out, right? I give up. But Clark is is so determined. He starts to troubleshoot everything. He's going to find the problem. And even when that initial moment of feeling so disappointed and upset and frustrated even, he desires to have so much applause from everybody around him for having the biggest, brightest house on the block. See, Clark was chasing after having the best of the best. He wanted the best of the best displays. He wanted to chase after climbing the ladder of life to be at the top of the block. In the summertime, we do this too, maybe consciously or unconsciously. I've discovered that now that I've like officially hit dad status, um, I care a lot about my lawn. It's kind of weird, Right? I'm like, boys, we have to move your little pool occasionally so that I don't get dead spots. I'm like, you know, fertilizing and I'm like adjusting the cut length and like, it's weird. Like, I want the greenness of the green grass in my yard. But I have little boys. If you know anything about little boys, it is almost impossible to have the greenness of the green grass with little boys running around because they tear everything up. And I love it sometimes. Other times I'm like, can you just leave that spot alone? Because that spot's really green and it looks good. I'm chasing after something though, right? I'm chasing after this applause or this accolade of having the best of the best to be the top. But so often I, I feel unsatisfied or disappointed when it's not all that I envision it to be. Many of us do this in a job. We chase after the next ring in the ladder, the highest corporate position. But yet we still feel empty, unsatisfied, and disappointed. We chase after bigger, better things in life, only to realize that there are bigger and better things still out there. We chase after the things of this world, the God of the world, and every time we do, the God of the world will leave us feeling disappointed, will leave us us feeling unsatisfied, and will leave us feeling like we just don't have enough. Here's the good news, though. The good news is this is that we've been given a gift through Christ that we don't have to chase after the God of this world. We don't have to chase after being the bigger, the better, the best. Rather, if we chase after God and his kingdom and his presence, everything else will fall into place. Today we're going to talk about the discipline of simplicity. Simplicity. And when we understand that this discipline of simplicity singularly is focusing on Jesus Christ and his kingdom, it will lead us to an uncluttered but fully satisfied life. Hear me out on this. <clears throat> when I say the word simplicity, many of us probably start to think, and maybe you are sitting there right now, okay, Kyle's going to literally tell me, sell everything and give to the poor and have nothing. Nothing. I'm not going to say that. I'm not even going to say you should not have things in life. I don't think that's what the discipline of simplicity, simplicity is actually after. I don't think simplicity is not having nothing or even having less totally. I think that's a lie that we buy into to keep us into this treadmill of life of, well, that's why I need more. That's why I need more. I think this discipline starts with internally understanding that there's a transformation that has to happen in our own hearts and spirits so that it can externally manifest itself in how we live, operate, and ultimately worship. See, simplicity focuses everything in our life on God's kingdom, not ours. I think that's what simplicity is really about focusing everything in our life on God's kingdom and not my own. Not my own. A lot of times I've I've said it in this way of so often we focus on building our castle rather than God's kingdom. That's what our world wants us to do. Build your castle. Build the bigger, the better, the, the brightest house on the block. It's your castle. Make sure everybody sees you and applauds you. But But simplicity is not about building a bigger castle. It's about building the kingdom. And that might mean not focusing on your castle. Another way to put it is this. Simplicity says, the discipline of simplicity says, use your things to help build the kingdom while you love God. But our world will say, use God to build your kingdom while you love your things. There's a big difference in those two. And I think we fall into the trap sometimes. The simplest way I want to put it is this, is simplicity is about focus, not about things. Simplicity in our lives is about focus, not about things. See, Jesus actually talked about simplicity. And when he talked about simplicity, it was often challenging the cultural idol of mammon or wealth. So When he talked about it, it was was ultimately oftentimes talking about how we interact with the cultural idol about wealth or the word that they use is mammon. Paul would talk about it as well in many of his New Testament writings. But Jesus nor Paul ever endorsed a total asceticism or or fully empty of material possessions. But rather what they endorsed was simplicity. Simplicity a full contentment and enjoyment of what you have. And so in Matthew 6, that's where we're going to be. If you open up your Bibles, Matthew 6, we're going to kind of hang out here for a little bit, Uh, verses 19 through 21. And this is what it says, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be. The Greek literal trans- translation here of do not treasure for yourself treasures on earth. That's, it's literally saying do not treasure for yourself anything here on this earth. Do not hold on to this earthly treasure. And it's not saying that earthly things are bad but they just have no ultimate eternal value. As I was sitting in teaching team, uh, one of the pastors brought up, he said, how often do you see a hearse followed by a moving truck? It's not often. You can't take it with you. We can't take all the treasures that we store up with us when we die. There's no ultimate value in it. And so essentially, it's what we pursue, our treasure, is where our hearts and spirits are chasing. It's our focus. See, there's this study that just came out, and I found this very intriguing. There's a recent study that came out, and and they surveyed uh, Michiganders. and, And the study shows this, is that Michiganders say they need to make roughly $95,000 a year to be happy and maintain an emotional well-being. I don't know what Michiganders they surveyed. <laughs> <laughs> Not me either. There's this, but, but let's just take a moment back before we critique that study even and think about the, the, that number for a minute. What we're saying is if we make this, I will ultimately be happy. But anything below that will not satisfy me. I'll be chasing after thing, after thing, after thing. I'll be chasing after treasure, after treasure. But then what happens if you make that? Does it just disappear? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I don't believe that chasing after treasure and money or mammon I don't think we will ever feel satisfied in having more money. I don't think we will ever feel satisfied in having all the material things. And I want to be very, very clear here. Again, I don't think it's material things that Christ is after in this text. I really don't. I think what he is after is loyalty to him and to his heart. It's, it's not the material things that he's actually chasing and he's saying, hey, get rid of these. What he's saying is, what are you focusing on? Because what you focus on is what you're going to give your heart to. He wants your loyalty. He wants your heart. But oftentimes we associate the, this idea with those who are wealthy. Can I just be very blunt and honest that yes, the rich people in our lives, and in our world, they can serve the God of mammon. But just as much as the poor people can serve the God of Mammon, the God of greed, just as much as those who have a lot in life can serve the God of greed, those who have little can serve the God of greed as well. Ultimately, it comes down to this is is you will sacrifice for whatever you view as God in your life. We will willingly sacrifice for whatever we view as God in our life. I've met so many people who will sacrifice their time for more money. I will work longer and longer hours to get more and more money. But will we sacrifice our time for more of his presence? How many times have we met somebody who will sacrifice their own desires for more material things? Well, I really didn't want to do this, but if I do this, I can get this. But will we be willing to sacrifice your own desires for God's desires? There's many people that I know personally that will even sacrifice their family. If it means climbing the corporate ladder, getting more money, getting more things, and more applause. But are we willing to sacrifice everything we have for God's design for our families? It ultimately comes down to we buy things that we don't want to impress people we don't even like. (laughs) We buy things that we don't even want so that we can impress people that we don't even like. But we want their applause. We want their applause. And I think when we understand the deep, deep sense of pain of this, we start to understand that this is a sick cycle. And until we awaken to the fact that conforming to a sick society is sick, we will forever be caught up in it. Until we see how unbalanced our culture has become with seeking after greed, after greed, after greed, we will not be able to deal with the mammon spirit, the greed spirit within ourselves if we we truly desire Christian simplicity. Again, simplicity is not about the things. Simplicity is about the focus in our lives. It's not about the things. Jesus goes on after these verses in in the next few verses here, verses 22 through 24. He says this, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. So when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will love one and hate the other. You will, you will be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Without the reality of walking in simplicity, we can easily start to drift into serving the God of money we can easily start to drift into, into chasing after things that don't really matter in our lives. See, when Jesus says that your eye is like a lamp to your body, it's, it's this figure of speech where he's talking about your eye and what you allow to be seen, what you are focusing on ultimately guides where your heart and your spirit goes. And so as he is talking about what are you looking at, what are you chasing, what are you seeking in life, it's this... It's this idea of where you are pursuing and chasing. Is it the God of, of the Lord of Lords, Jesus, or is it the God of wealth and money and mammon? Because if we focus on the things of the world, the status, the applause, the accolades, the money, they will be our masters. That's what we will serve. So, what's our focus on in life? What's our focus? Because simplicity is seeking first the kingdom of God. And after seeking God's kingdom, everything else falls into place. He would continue on. And it's so intriguing to me. Because Jesus literally continues on and he says, like, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. How many of us woke up this morning wondering if we had enough food to drink or food to eat, things to drink, How many of us woke up wondering, do I have clothes to wear? My guess is probably none of us. I said this morning, I forgot my watch this morning, and I feel naked. It's such a simple, stupid thing, though. But I've become so attached. Driving here, I was like, oh, I wonder what time it is. My radio has the time in huge but what's the first thing I did? Oh, I don't know what time it is. I, how am I going to know if somebody calls me? My phone is sitting right here. And it's Bluetooth. Oh, man. How will I know if something bad happens? What happens if something bad happens to me and they need to like figure out what to do with me? Like my watch is going to save my life? No. Sometimes I'm not even smart enough to work my smartwatch, right? But how often do we worry about the things of this world? Jesus literally says it right here. Do not worry about your everyday life. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Praise God, by the way, right? All of your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. Seeking first the kingdom of God aligns everything else in our life. If we seek first the God of this world, everything else will be out of whack. But when we come to God and we seek his kingdom first, everything else will fall into place according to his plans, his design, and his will. And every time when we seek... All all of God's kingdom, we are not seeking our own kingdom. And we can then rest in the divine provision, the divine treasure and promises of God. Because we will see everything else in our lives, not just fall into place, but fall into the right categories of priority and emphasis of what they should have in our life. It's a fundamental choice of the gospel. Choosing God and his kingdom or choosing the world and everything that it has to offer. What are we gonna choose? What are we gonna choose? Because when we repent of our ways and we seek His ways, we choose daily to live seeking the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of the world. It's a fundamental choice of the gospel. Uh, Richard Foster, in his book, he puts it this way. The Christian discipline of simplicity is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle, but it starts inward. Inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. Both the inward and the outward aspects of simplicity are essential, but we deceive ourselves if we believe we can possess the inward reality without it having profound effect of our external reality as well and how we live to attempt to rearrange or arrange an outward lifestyle without the inward transformation, it leads to deadly legalism. It leads to deadly legalism. It's no secret our world centers around the latest and greatest and most advanced things. Our world has the attitude of, how do you keep up with the Joneses? It's... it's do I have what's comparable? Scratch that. Do I have better than my neighbors? I've already shared a little bit, like, this, this discipline, simplicity, it can be hard, and it's hard for me sometimes. Every year, twice a year, Apple comes out with new products. <laughs> And my wife gently and lovingly reminds me, you don't need to upgrade. That phone is only 0.1 megapixels better. And I'm like, well, that 0.1 megapixel might show Kendrick Lamar's fro better than this one. (laughs) And she's like, no, it won't. And she's right. I won't tell her that. But we, we get into this struggle, yes, of material things. We get into the struggle of wanting the greatest, the latest, and and the nice things. and, And hear me out. Like It's not the material things that Jesus is after. The harm comes is not when you have those things, but when you start to find your identity in those things. The harm comes when we start to find our identity in who we are based off of what we have. Rather than... Understand that our identity comes from who we are and whose we are. This has no emphasis on my identity. The car I drive in the parking lot has no impact on my identity. My identity is solidified based off of what Jesus has said about me and about you. That you are a beloved child of the Most High King. That you are worth dying for and that you are worth living for and nothing in this world can rob us of that it's not about the material things it's about what we seek and essentially what we worship simplicity is about where we focus not the things we have it's about where we focus and there's moments where we can fall into worshipping the creations of this world rather than the creator of the world the material things are part of that we worship the creations Rather than the Creator, we replace pursuing His kingdom with pursuing our castle. We seek the realms of political idols over the heavenly realms of the Lord of Lords. We chase after complex lifestyles of the world while neglecting the simple life of following Jesus Christ. His call was very simple follow me. Follow me. He didn't say, become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and then change the world. He said two words, follow me. But we make it so complicated. All he says is do as I did, live as I lived, and follow me. Everything that we have comes from him. One of my... uh, the same guy, actually, who's shared the depressing news, uh, my mentor. He's one of those dudes that wears shorts like year round. I want to be like him one day, um, but I also hope it's eighty degrees every day when I wear shorts year round. So, uh, but he owns this company, and every year, I remember watching him post something on Facebook. Even when I was just in high school and and, and just starting to get to know him, he was one of my adult leaders. I've complete respect and love for this mentor of mine. And he owns his own business. And here's what I remember in those years in high school, he would teach in our high school ministry and he would teach about money and about the God of mammon, the idol of wealth. And here's what's intriguing to me is every year he has a practice of remembering God's faithfulness in provision for the year. Every year. He owns his business and at the beginning of one, uh, uh, sorry, the beginning of every year, It's the same post every year. And I look for it every year. January 1, it's just a picture. And it's all zeros on his spreadsheet. All zeros. He starts the new year with a zero. Because whatever God decides to provide for that year, all the glory will go to him. However thriving it may be, All the glory comes to God. However, faithful God is in that moment over those next 364 days. All of the glory goes to God. Whatever and however God provides, it's all on Him. There's nothing my mentor can do that will bring more blessings to his life rather than chasing passionately after God. It's a simple remembering, honoring, and thinking Of God and and thanking Him for His work, and I remember sitting there and learning about it, and now being an adult, asking myself like, "I don't own my own business, so how does that look for me? So what does it look like for me?" So each year, I'm, I'm trying to start. I started a few years ago, but I'm trying to start the year just thanking God for His provision, thanking God for His provision. Seeking what I need to get rid of in my life that is keeping me from walking closely with him. And then even asking God, maybe how do I have a negative attitude of his provision in my life? God, you could have provided more here, but you didn't. Negative attitude. Instead of that moment of saying, God, why didn't you provide more? Saying, God, thank you for for providing exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. Because you sustained me. And for me, that has also meant absolutely some material things. Cleaning out, donating some physical things that have cluttered my life. Removing things of activities or even financial expenses, expenses that were deterring me from focusing more on him. And that has even meant cleaning out some space in my calendar. Cleaning out space, I know that's one that a lot of us probably don't even think of. And I didn't either. Cleaning out space in my calendar, though, to just have uncluttered time in his presence. If I'm being honest with you, um, I'm nowhere near perfect at this. Nowhere near perfect. I still struggle sometimes. I just told Joe this morning, I struggle to take a Sabbath sometimes. Because I got so much to do, so much to, to get done, and I want to get everything done. And, and you want me to take a whole day and not do anything and just spend time with God and thanking God? Like, y'all, I've, this is the most probably unpastoral thing I might say. I struggle with that. I struggle with taking a Sabbath sometimes because I get so caught up in serving the God of the world rather than the God of gods. Maybe I'm the only one. That's okay. It's okay. I'll just be out here on my own, it's fine. But rather we have to take moments to focus on God over the God of the world and the chaos around us. Because when I have been faithful in simplifying my life, I have seen God do some incredible things. I've seen some incredible spiritual health, physical health, growth, I've seen some mental health growth. I've seen God provide in miraculous ways. I think when we slow down and try to truly look at simplifying our lives, God will do what only he can do. As Josh comes up, I, I do have a challenge for us and, and also maybe just a, an encouragement. And this is it. This is, um, as a church... Again, I'm in no way perfect with this. But what if as a church we decide that we looked at the life of our lives through the lens of simplicity? That we are focusing on God's kingdom over any of the other things in this world. The question I have for maybe all of us today is how do you simplify your life to continually focus on God and not be distracted by the things around you? How do you simplify your life? And here's my challenge. What would it look like for each and every one of us this coming week or weeks to take a few minutes a day? I'm not talking about an hour. I'm talking maybe five, ten minutes. To sit down and to just clear out clutter in your life that distracts you. For some of us, that might be with our planner. And we have so many things scheduled in our days that we are so cluttered in our days that we can't even go to God for a moment and sit in His presence. That that sometimes is me. For others of us, it's we have so many things cluttering our connectedness to him back and forth. We have so many things running in the background. We have a TV going. We have our, our email chime in. We have our phone ringing. We have our Apple Watch buzzing. That we don't even have the focus of what God is doing in the midst of everything around us. What would it look like if we just took a few minutes each and every day to clear out the clutter that is distracting you from God. That is distracting you from hearing his voice. That is distracting you from doing and leading and living the way he has called you to live. Because what if in those, four, just those few short moments there, what if in that moment, That maybe God just reveals that everything you have is enough because it's from Him. That nothing here will or could make your life more valuable to Him. It doesn't matter how high you can climb on the corporate ladder. He's not going to applaud you more than if you loved and lived as He's called you to. Simplicity isn't about the things. It's always been about the focus. So where are we focusing? Where are we focusing? Ten minutes for the next seven days. Those ten minutes could lead you to a totally different place. With God spiritually, if you would just let it, would you just throw me in prayer, Father? As we just come to you, we know that um, <clears throat> so often we've let the things of this world cloud our our minds, cloud our um, our spirits, even from truly and fully experiencing you. That, God, we get obsessed with the gods of this world. We get obsessed with the God of greed, the God of mammon, the God of wealth. And and as we do that, we lose sight of all the provision that you've given to us, All all the moments where you've not just provided, but maybe even sustained us. So, Father, I ask that you would remove the blinds from our eyes, that you would help us to see. See the things that are cluttering our lives with the things of this world. And God, would you help us to just release those so that we can focus on you, that we can seek your kingdom first, knowing that when we seek your kingdom first, when we live into that, that everything else will be taken care of. When we seek your kingdom first, you take care of everything we, have, we need for food, for shelter, for clothes, for, for water. You take care of it all that when we seek your kingdom first, that you are there already providing when we don't even understand or see. And so, Lord, I just ask that right now today, you would give us clean and clear eyes to see you, and that we would see you and encounter you in radical new ways. Father, we we give you all the blessings and all the honor and all the praises for what you have provided and how you have sustained And how you continue to provide and sustain. Even in the moments where we don't understand or see it. God, you're a good God. Even when we don't deserve it. And so we worship you for that. We worship you for being you. We worship you for loving us so dearly and deeply that you sent your son to die for us. So that we could eternally be with you in heaven. Lord, would you would you just let that truth resonate deep within our spirits today? That you love us deeply and you want to provide for us. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that we can muster up. We pray this in your name, the name above all. Amen.